Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Ashley Osorio, and she was a volunteer at the Freeman Ranch in San Marcos, Texas. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you today because I am very interested in the work that you have done at this ranch, and I'm just going to let you explain to every one of my listeners what you did there and what Freeman Ranch is. Sure. So essentially, the Freeman Ranch is a research center for forensic anthropology students, and forensic anthropology is a branch of biological anthropology where it kind of serves to help identify bodies, really, in cases where, like, they cannot be identified otherwise because they're too decomposed, they're too burned, you know, any kind of situation like that. So the Freeman Ranch is a facility where we do all of our research, and the ranch itself is used for people who voluntarily donate their bodies for science. Um, They have them spread across the property and under different conditions, whether it's, you know, under trees, direct sunlight, things like that, just to kind of study how bodies decompose under different conditions. Gotcha. So this is essentially a body farm, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's the the morbid name for it, I guess. But so... Yeah. Yeah. Basically the easy way to say it. Right, right. And I'm fascinated by this, but let me ask you this. What got you specifically interested in this kind of work? I always kind of found myself interested in different cultures and people, and then I learned about anthropology. And then I was watching TV one day. I'm a big Supernatural fan, and I was watching it on TNT. And then afterwards, they had an advertisement for a show called Bones. And so I watched a few episodes and got totally hooked. And the lead character, Temperance Brennan, is a forensic anthropologist. So I kind of got into it through there. Well, that's that's kind of neat that you watched a TV show and was so inspired by it that you decided, hey, I can do that. And you did it because you volunteered at this place. Now, what was the time frame? I know you no longer work there, but you volunteered there. I, I think you said two years. Is that right? Oh, not two semesters, about a year-ish off oh, and on. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, uh, just the two semesters. It wasn't very long, but it was definitely a super cool experience. While I was there, I was a volunteer for cleaning the bones of the bodies that they brought in from the field. Okay, and what would be the reason for that? Why would you need to clean the bones? Um, so whenever they bring in the bodies, they will study the levels of decomposition, but they also need the bones cleaned so that way they can see how the bones are affected under those conditions as well. Because our bones can record a ton of information about us and about the lives that we live. They can tell us about our levels of nutrition, different activities that we did, and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, interesting. So this is really pretty good research and information for even forensics, even people that may have had a a tragic death or they're trying to figure out what happened to someone maybe that was found or maybe that kind of thing. That that is the goal of uh, forensic anthropology. Got it. Okay. Wow. That's so fascinating to me. So when someone volunteers their body to be used at the farm, I'm just going to call it that because that's what we're going to refer to. it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When they volunteer their bodies, do they come fresh from like a funeral or do they, how does that work? 
Um, on the website, there is a, I guess, like a form that you can fill out to volunteer. And they don't really discriminate. They'll take any kind. The only restrictions are kind of weight. Just because when you volunteer, they take care of the transportation of the body. And the truck that they have to use it is not the largest. So they have to be concerned about that. And then also any kind of like um, infections as far as like HIV, that kind of stuff. Just because with people messing with it, they don't want to risk anybody, you know, handling that stuff and getting um, it passed on. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, they'll take about almost anybody if they have room who wants to volunteer. And that brings up a good point, because with HIV, I'm sure COVID has come up. I know you no longer work there, but do you think that they would not take someone with that disease or? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I want to say that they possibly might just because it's not like a bloodborne pathogen. Right. Um, So it's not really as easily passed from, you know, a decomposing body. That makes sense. Right. Right. So... But like I said, do they come like, for lack of better term, a freshly deceased person or do they go through their own form of decomp before you get them? How does that work? I believe that it depends because we do travel um, like through a certain radius. Um, We'll go and pick up the body. So it might be time wise that they go through a little bit of decomposition. As far as going through like a funeral first, if they want to, I'm not quite sure. But from what I know, I think that that's probably something, you know, that they would allow just because that gives them another opportunity to, you know, research a body under the conditions after embalming and all of that. Right. Because I'm sure that would make a difference on certain situations, too, when they are or are not embalmed. Things will obviously take longer. So, So can people visit the ranch or is it something that's private? How does that work? Uh, no, it is a private facility for research purposes. They don't really do tours or anything. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would really want to. But, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, they do hold like training and other kind of educational events for people in the forensic line of work that you were talking about, like with cops or FBI or anything like that. They do classes and education seminars type things. Right, right. For people like that. Uh, they even host like people internationally um, for those kind of things as well. Oh, wow. Now, I got to ask you to the question, though. I mean, you're working at this ranch where these bodies are in several different stages of decomposition, whether they're new or they've been there however long. Do you kind of get used to how it smells? How... <laughs> Do you, how does that work? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you all the questions because we all want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I only worked within the lab. I didn't really travel much of the property. So in the lab, it's a little bit more closed in. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely a smell that you, it's very different from anything else you ever smell. But for me, at least, you kind of get used to it a little bit. Right, right. I mean, it's still, it's still abrasive every time, but you kind of learn to ignore it in a way. Right. No, I can understand that. (laughs) Yeah. So with you doing this kind of work, did you go on to get a career in what you saw in Supernatural and then Bones? Did your dream come true for you? No, although I did stick with anthropology. This was my original path when I started anthropology, uh, the forensic path. But after my time volunteering there and after taking osteology, I'm not going to lie, it's hard because our bones have so many features and so many markers and all of those things. Like on just on one bone, there can be like seven different features that you need to know, like the back of your hand. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So it's really difficult. And that's your basis for everything. So if you can't like really, really get that down, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. So I, I did struggle with it. So I decided anthropology itself was something I wanted to stick with, but not the forensic route. No. Right. I think with anything, you know, deciphering certain things, and if you, you really got to love that, and if you love something a little bit more than another, then I totally get why you would have <laughs> stuck with us, something you like more. So I, I get that. But when you went through the process of going to this place for volunteer work, did you just fill out a form and they said, hey, yes, you're, do they, do they take people specifically in your field? I know it's associated with the college down there, correct? Yes. Um, all the volunteers are students or uh, like either undergrad or master's. So you do have to have a certain amount of training before you go. You have to either be enrolled in or have completed an osteology course before being able to volunteer. Wow. So you're quite accomplished before you even walk in the door. Yeah. They just want you to have at least the basic knowledge of like the bones and stuff before you head in there. So that way you're able to at least help with, you know, something. Um, So at the time, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but at the time when you worked there or you volunteered there, I don't even know how big this place is. I think I read 16 acres or something like that. Were there, I mean, how many bodies are there at one time? Do you know? Not off the top of my head. And I want to say that it kind of varies around, you know, the time of year, whether or not they have people to volunteer bodies and things like that project that they're working on. So I feel like it varies, but I think it might be around like in the teens to 20. Okay. Cause you know, cause I was going to ask also, is it a certain type of person that wants to do this kind of thing and donate their bodies? Um, because I would hope that it would be someone from every walk of life so that you can see how their nutrition was, you know, in, in their walk of life or another, whatever affected them in their life, you know, in their bones or whatever you were studying, you could tell the difference between all that. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, from every walk of life, for sure. It's just different people, like if they, you know, put it in their will and all, but it's just anybody who wants to donate to science. So yeah, it, they definitely get a variety of right. people. Right. And let's say they get an over, they just get so many people that want to do it. Let's just say that happens one year. Would they keep them stored somewhere until they were ready for them? No, I do not actually. But I do think that they try to limit just so that they don't go, you know, have bodies stored. And right. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I think if they are getting kind of like to where it's a little too much, then they'll probably say we're not looking for anybody at this time. And let me ask you this, how did this affect you personally, you know, working at a place like this, that you were looking at human bodies that were no longer alive, obviously, mm-hmm. did it affect you differently than you thought? Or was it just kind of a? Um, no, I honestly, because I'm just I've always been into macabre stuff. I thought it was like really cool that I was getting that opportunity, that it was it was really interesting to see the bones up close. And then um, there was even one day where I was in the lab just, you know, cleaning as usual. And then they, like, at that moment, freshly brought in a body. And so I got to watch them process it and stuff. They were bringing it in to, like, kind of record all their findings and then have us clean it. That's just, it would be fascinating. I'm like you. I'm kind of into the macabre as well. Um, not going to lie. <laughs> I interviewed a mortician, um, one of my first interviews, and she was fascinating as well. And she'd been around it for two generations. And 
you know, I think you can come, you can compartmentalize it, I think too. And kind of distance yourself with what you're dealing with and look at the facts of how much what you do helps other people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another part of this program that Dr. Kate Bradley is in charge of in a way, or was at the time, mm-hmm. it's called Operation ID or Op ID, where um, they send people down to the border to kind of recover or look through like mass graves or find, you know, people who've tried to cross over as immigrants and either, you know, passed away because of the conditions or, you know, any other kind of situation and kind of help identify them so that they can get back to their families. Oh, wow. Well, that would be wonderful if they could do that, especially if they didn't make it, which is so sad to even think of. But at least they would know maybe what happened or have something of their loved ones that they can identify. That would be amazing. So they do that work as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Uh, Was it one of the most favorite things you've ever done? Or have you gone on to do other things that you love more? Um, I was not able to participate in that. They take, you know, like later people who are further in their education. Um, So I kind of stopped that route before I was able to do any of that. Although, I mean, if I could go back one day and continue that just for the fun of it and then be able to go on that, you know, expedition, that would be amazing. Because kind of the whole thing that really inspired me on Bones is that she kind of did that sort of thing. And then I go to a school where they do that same type of thing. It was just, it was really cool, the idea of it. But since then, I mean, I've stuck with the field of anthropology itself. And I just graduated, so I'm kind of looking forward to exploring that for myself. But I think that that was kind of like the coolest thing that I've ever done. (laughs) Yeah, I I can only imagine. It's just so interesting to me what, you know, as macabre as it is, and as I guess people would call it gross or whatever you want to call it, it's still very informative and good research that we need. And that brings me to another kind of a macabre question. Because I know they would probably um, be different than just a regular adult person. Do you get children or babies? Um, I'm not sure about at the farm, but I'm fairly certain I've heard about children being found with the op ID operation. Okay, yeah. so so they do that for them. Okay, gotcha. I didn't know if they they took those at the farm or not, just because it's more research that they could do. You know, um, right. for the most part, just adults eighteen plus. They're able to consent to having their body donated. Right. Do you know if they got more older, younger? Did it just kind of run the gamut? Um, no, I don't really know any of their statistics, but I know that their goal as far as like to be able to control whether they accept someone or not, or the goal in general is to be as diverse as possible. Um, so I know that that is something they consider right. whenever trying to run their experiment. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, like I said, I'm just in awe. I'm just having to just, my brain is just on overdrive listening to you talk about this because it's just so interesting to me. I'm hoping for my listeners, some listeners may just skip right over this episode. I don't know. They might, but I hope not because I do think that, yeah, it isn't. And I do think that it's really important research. So, but Ashley, you have been amazing. I have really learned a lot and I didn't know what I was going to hear about this. You know, I, I looked it up just for a few minutes, but I didn't want to um, take away from just you telling me some of the things because I had so many questions. So what are your plans for the future? Are you going to stay in anthropology? Uh, yes, I am going to stay in anthropology. I just graduated with my bachelor's um, in anthropology and a minor in public health. So I'm kind of looking at staying in that field. I'm toying with the idea of doing something like a Peace Corps type program um, where I get to go to somewhere else in the world and help facilitating, you know, 
programs to help people have better lives and all of that. So I think that would be really cool. But if I don't wind up doing that, I do want to work with, you know, programs locally like Meals on Wheels or shelters or things like that to uh, help with those programs as well. That's so nice. That's wonderful. Um, my husband actually drives for Meals on Wheels. So yes, it's a it's a great organization and, and helps so many people. And you're on your way, girl. You are on your way to just being someone that this world needs because, boy, girl, we need a lot of you guys. <laughs> In this day and age, we do. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm just so fascinated by this. And I really appreciate your time. Oh, no problem. I, I don't get too much opportunity to talk about all this stuff. So I enjoy it. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on Amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.